I knew in my gut and my heart that this was an open door, that this was God wooing me in the direction of that deep desire that He put in my heart decades ago for global sisterhood. And so I knew I needed to be there and I saw myself there, but I couldn't give a confident yes right away. And so I went through and talked with the Lord about it again, talked with my mentors and and there was, you know, some big uh, kingdom assignment I felt and being the one in a way, the one picked to represent the Christian woman. I'm like, y'all, that is a lot of pressure. (laughs) That is a lot of pressure. And yet the Holy Spirit was wooing me in the direction of let this be easy. You are ready for this right now. Show up who you are right now. What does it look like to wildly pursue the one who made you, called you, positioned you, and propels you? This podcast represents the Esters and the Azers on the rise. The ones breaking free from societal and religious norms in order to recklessly pursue God's beauty and glory while basking in the wonder of His creativity and wisdom. This is a belonging, a sisterhood, a table. Actually, it's a pull float, a palm tree, and a charcuterie. That's how these friendships came to life anyway. So grab your favorite suit and jump on in. The water's warm. And we've got tons to chat about. From business to family. Wealth creation. Maybe some political banter. And of course, a whole lot of Jesus. Welcome to Girls Gone Holy, where you are free to be wild in Him. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Girls Gone Holy podcast. Guess what? We have all six of us on the call today, so we're pretty pumped. All of us are busy, and those who can make it, jump on when they can. But it's exciting because today we're all here. So we are in for a treat. Today we really wanted to just jump in and starting with Jessica, hearing about what God's doing in our heart and life and we're just going to go around and really just share what God's been speaking to us about, what He's doing, some revelations. I know Tamara's gotten a kick in the pants from the Holy Spirit, so you'll hopefully find out what that's about. But Jess, you just got back from an incredible trip and an incredible opportunity that seems really life-changing, and I want to know, can you tell us a little bit more about it? I know we talked a little bit at the end of the podcast last time, but... What was your biggest takeaway? The number one thing, I know you did lots of things, but for you personally, what was your biggest takeaway from the trip? Hi, everybody. I love to see you all, by the way. I'm just smiling from ear to ear that we're all on the call today. My biggest takeaway was how freeing, loving people really is, how freeing it is to truly love people, to deeply love God and to intentionally love who God made you yourself. And I know I shared a little bit last week on, and I think I did, when I was contemplating going on this trip. And I had a lot of people praying for me, reached out to my my team, my mentors, you all. And overall, I knew in my gut and my heart that this was an open door, that this was God wooing me in the direction of that deep desire that he's put in my heart decades ago for global sisterhood. And so I knew I needed to be there and I saw myself there, but I couldn't give a confident yes right away. 
And so I went through and talked with the Lord about it again, talked with my mentors and, and there was, you know, this big, uh, kingdom assignment I felt and being the one in a way, the one picked to represent the Christian woman. I'm like, y'all, that is a lot of pressure. (laughs) That is a lot of pressure. And yet the Holy spirit was wooing me in the direction of let this be easy. You are ready for this right now. Show up who you are right now. Not even who I want to be who God has shown who I will be in the future, but right here, right now, what I know now, not what I will learn. Not, oh, I should have studied that. You all know my my mind, how it works now. I like to be really prepared, <laughs> but I like to study deeply before I talk about, before I really in-depth talk about a, a theme or topic or principle or rhythm or whatnot. And just knowing that I would be in a conversation in this beautiful region of the world, in the Middle Eastern region. I know it's part of the EU, but Cyprus geographically is in the Middle East. And knowing that I'd have a conversation with a Muslim woman, a Jewish woman, a Hindu woman, and then me as a Christian woman. So I'm thinking all of these thoughts. I have a bunch of layers going on, right? And let me just kind of wrap it up with this. As I was talking with God about it and praying, I'm like, why can't I give my confident yes? And he asked me, well, what would make you say no? And like I said last week, I said, well, fear of man, that would make me say no. Hateful comments, pushback from the world, pushback from Christians, you know, opening myself up to this content will live on a page with 6 million followers that I that are totally different for me, let's just say. <laughs> and as I looked on... <clears throat> this page, I did not see a conservative Christian value represented on this page with 6 million followers. So knowing that I'd opened myself up for all kinds of pushback and resistance, I said, that's why I would say no. And it would be fear of man. And when God asked me, well, did I call you to love them or fear them? And I love, I know we all love questions because questions direct our thinking, direct our heart, direct our intention and really get to the depth of our soul hunger. And I thought, oh my gosh, you have called me to love people, not fear people. And so I went and on the flight over there in preparation, I felt God just wooing me, just spend time with me, just know me. And I thought of Paul when he went and said, I come to you in fear and trembling. And I decided to know nothing about you, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I don't want your human faith to be built on my human wisdom. I want it to be built on the power of the spirit of God in me. So God kept directing me to that. But overall, he directed me to, they will know you are my disciple by how you love one another and by how you love people that don't think like you, that don't believe like you, that don't look like you, that don't live where you live. And I've always had a heart for sisterhood. And yet the the global piece of that is taking shape now. And the, the deep desire of my heart that maybe I thought was out of reach, God is saying, no, 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 no. I put that desire in your heart so that I could partner with you. You could partner with me. We're co-creating with the living God. I'm in his story. He's not just in mine. (laughs) And that we could reach the world. And so loving people, how radical that is, what a protest that is in the face of, you know, um, uh, gosh, uh, violence in the world, indifference, people... uh, just turning away when their neighbor needs help. Love is the ultimate protest. It is the ultimate 
resistance, dare I say. And I also remembered how God really, truly loves the nations, and so do I. And so bringing it all together, girls, I do realize, you know, in our pre-conversation, our pre-podcast conversation, I was even reflecting how I've taken a step back to everything that I was offering and doing in my business. I needed to for my mental and emotional health, but I knew that the Lord was calling me to, to, to simplify and to pull back. And now I see why I feel like he is directing me in a toward the direction of that long time, deeper desire of what does it look like to love the nations, to influence the nations and to say yes and to risk where you want to maybe resist. So gosh, all of that is on my heart, loving people well. Um, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast last week and forgive me if I have, but it bears worth repeating, I guess. But in the conversation with these women, and it was so life-giving, y'all, it was so grace-filled and honoring. And I learned a lot. Everybody learned a lot. The director told me, told us, oh my gosh, I was literally watching minds being opened, hearts being stretched. I was literally watching friendships being forged. Four women who wouldn't otherwise have been together talking on a conversation about everything from womanhood to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. I mean, like deep things, right? And... And I, um, it was better than what I imagined. And I, yeah, I'll, I'll pause there. I think I got on too many rabbit trails here, but that and so much more is on my heart from this experience and knowing, you know, the great commission, go into all the world, make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always. I'm paraphrasing, but read that in Matthew 28. But I realized, man, when God called us to go into all the world, it isn't just for the world's sake, it is, but he knew that that would be absolutely formative in your own faith. Going into all the world is good for you too. Sorry, you had a terrible time. God, yeah, I've really suffered the Lord. Instagram stories look awful. Like, yeah, she's like jumping through the microphone. You guys, so excited to share, and I love that we get to see whatever they create on the other side. That it's under the protection of our Father, and the fact that you said yes in obedience to that. And the whole time that you were talking, and you were talking about the nations and family and women and the connective beauty that I know um, that you're so passionate about. I was. Just just thinking about Tiffany and how she does this at tables around the world yes. and she's bringing local people to love one another, love the neighbors, love the people who feel sometimes like the least of these, even though we're way more privileged than we give ourselves credit for. But I know even where her story started here in Virginia Beach with Gals That Brunch, Tiff, when you're hearing her talk about these connections and the power, and I've even been curious with you on like, wow, so it's not faith-based. It's it is faith founded, but I I want you to talk to that and why your heart, knowing that you are the prophetic lens, the voice, and in so many um, dynamic pieces to how God shows up in and through you. Why you chose to do it this way and how beautiful it's been on the other side, watching these women collide and come together to sit at a table. Yeah, lo loaded. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We've got space. It's for yeah, you. There, yeah. There, there's so there's so many com components to it. But for me, every single time we brunch, there's, you know, 75 to 100 women. 
And it's just this room where you, I'm like, this doesn't happen anywhere in life where you see Christians, non-Christians, people from every single different type of community represented and nobody for once and online will make you believe that this is not possible. Uh, everyone's like cancel culture, unfollow people or whatever the case may be. Like, I'm not going to be friends with you because I have boundaries or all the things. And then people just sitting across from the table and reminding, oh my gosh, like we're all just human again, you know, like we can actually connect in our humanity and that be enough and not the pros or the cons of what you believe or how you live your life or whatever the case may be with that. And I just, I can't help but think of that's like what Jesus constantly did in the Bible. And I um, really have to Oh gosh, I really have to weigh my heart through it and in being able to teach the the church, the capital C church oftentimes of how to do this even better because I will say that I feel like I'm constantly looked at like with 20 heads, you know, to think of like, well, why don't you do women's ministry? Or, oh my gosh, like this would be great. And I'm like, why don't you like get your butt out of your house and out of your church and like come brunch with your neighbors? Like and I go there like, go it's there. really hard for them to wrap their mind around it like and I'm like y'all have no problem going out to do street evangelism you have no problem going out to Africa you have no problem giving prophetic words to people on a on a street and it's ultimately a lack of intimacy within the capital C church because you're gonna you have no problem dishing Jesus in a 25 point you know like second interaction versus allowing Jesus to operate in your life and be a representation of like, man, I want to know like how you're able to live your life, which is what I constantly get as far as like feedback for people at brunch tables. And then they go to my Instagram or whatever the case. And they're like, Oh, whoa, she like loves Jesus. <laughs> like I literally had someone tell me this on Thursday night, that came to my house. She was like, yeah, like I just want to know more about it. You know, like she goes, I grew up in a really Christian home. I've like walked away from it. Like, not wanting wow. to have anything to do with it. But then I see you having this ability to be able to do, you know, like to do that and just love on your community. And that's really inspirational. Like it makes me want to go back to church and I will, I'm like, I'm telling y'all it's, it's tough out there on these streets. Cause I have people come in like, and they're talking about tarot cards and they're talking about like type things like that. And I'm telling people, at church, I'm like, dude, come love on 75 people every single weekend that are here that are like, dude, like, I actually have an encouraging word for you. Like, you don't need that counterfeit stuff, you know, like, and I just, I think that um, obviously, like, I'm so fired up about it because I just feel like we're being called into doing something different in this day and age and that we continue to kind of go back to what our comfort zone is or what has been modeled. But I'm telling you, like the capitals, I have to keep, you know, defining this, but the capital C church, you know, has lost a lot of its power in shifting culture today and how it's looked at in mainstream media, because everybody's looked at from a, you know, kind of to even what Jess said, like, it's like that right wing conservative, you know, like type thing. And that's not who Jesus came to save and deliver and set free. Like, you know, Jesus looked different in a lot of different ways. And you see it modeled through the Bible that he constantly broke bread. 
with people that believe differently, thought differently. Like I love watching the chosen because it like continues to just remind me, you know, like of who Jesus was and the Pharisees and everybody was like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? You can't sit with that person, you know, type thing. And Jesus is like, I'm going to do me and I'm going to keep going after it, you know, like, so uh, it's, yeah, I just, I, I'm like, literally the world is groaning for community and belonging. And this is a Christian podcast. <laughs> you know, we're all, we, we all have different philosophies, different theologies, and maybe in some different ways, but we all love Jesus with our entire hearts. And maybe whoever out there is listening, you know, but like, this is who Jesus has called us to be, to be a light in the world. And yet we do a really good job of keeping it in our own bubbles. And it's like, what about if Jesus was inviting you to like, come break bread with your neighbors, like actually go get to know them and just allow who Jesus operates in your life to be enough. Like, I, I just don't think that we have to overcomplicate it. And we often want to have some sort of prescription um, to be able to do it. And it's literally what I feel like God is calling us to do in this very hour. I just, I everything, right? Yeah. Everything, (laughs) everything you said and more. So whoever, like, I just want to capture that whole thing and just listen to that over and over and over again. You said intimacy. I'm going to deliver it to all the big C churches for you, Tiff. (laughs) (laughs) The church, we have a message for you from girls gone holy. But you said, you said intimacy, like the, it's lacking with that. And I think the word that I've been saying lately, or what I feel like the Holy Spirit's been saying is the authenticity. I think like you, you're the, the big C and just, but you saying everything you just said is like the authenticity is lacking because there is no intimacy or the lack of intimacy. And you said we're in a world right now where, and I always want to bring it back to the next generation. They're yearning for authenticity. They're yearning for that which is what brings intimacy. So, you know, they can see from a mile away when something's inauthentic, even in the world of social media, in the world of like where everything's supposed to be authentic. And it's like, no, everyone knows it's not. You get like 10% of what someone's world is. And what what I love about that is that that the ministry, the word ministry, right? And what you did, Jessica, like that's ministry. Like Jesus is ministry and the American church or Western church or whatever you want to say, it's, it's ministry has been diminished to this place that and has been put in a box. And what we need to do is expand it again. Right. And we say businesses, you can have that as your ministry, um, going out and speaking and telling Jesus about love. Like it's all that's ministry that I think that has been lack of better words. I'm just going to be honest and raw with it. It's been manipulated been in, you know, and the enemy is right there in the center of it. The, en- the enemy can be right there in the pews and manipulating what is supposed to be and how it's supposed to be. And he is the ultimate counterfeit. So there's no authenticity in that. And then of course, there's not going to be the intimacy of it. I love Tamara, what you said about faith founded versus faith-based, because I personally have struggled with that where like my businesses and things that I do, of course they're faith founded. It's like, I started it and it's like, and I want to do this and it's God is with me in this. But, you know, you also don't want to seclude a group of people that don't know Jesus yet. Like, what's the point? What's the point of it all if we don't want people to know who Jesus is? And so I think there's this, 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 um, um, I don't say dichotomy, but kind of this imbalance or maybe it's working against each other, kind of um, struggling where, oh, if it's not, if it's not Christian, then 
we can't, then it's, then we can't do it. Well, it's like, well, it's faith founded. And I used to pray all the time when I'd have the audience with kids where I couldn't speak about God and Jesus and scripture because I'd get fired. God would always say, you're living it, your fruit, your fruit is what it is. And so what is the difference between faith founded and faith-based and, and what are people not comfortable with? And you said creating something new and our, and Nate Johnston, who is the ECR mascot? What do we say? Like he just put out a word of Nate Johnston. If you're hearing this, you put it on your, your broadcast channel, 13 minutes, you guys, you need to listen to it. Oh my gosh. I'm giving him a shout out. He just talked about it again, about God is making something new. It's not on the stages. It's not in the green rooms. It's not on the on the um, conferences. It's it's where nobody sees. It's in the places where people aren't looking. It's where people, where you wash the feet. It's truly where you wash the feet. It's where it's on the streets. It's meeting with people that don't look and, and think like you. It's really where people just want to be in authentic relationships again. And that's always what Jesus did, right? He always brought authenticity. There's nobody that in it had that met Jesus that didn't know deeply that he saw them for everything they were, not for their bad, but for who they were, who God made them. And that's the authenticity that is so lacking. And, and then because of that, there is just no intimacy. Yeah. I know Tiffany and I had some conversations about this too, when we were in Arizona. And the way I like to say it as well is, like when you're talking about your business, Natalie, or anybody, any Christian, because we know we're meant to go out into all the world and make disciples of all nations. But I feel like Christians do struggle with, well, should I talk about Jesus? Should I not? And I think you need to know who your, what your field is, who your field is. Because as a Christian, when I first started out, I felt like I was like, I'm going to make this content on TikTok all about motherhood. And I'm going to, you know, reach unsaved people. And then I'm going to like, you know, karate chop and drop the J bomb so that then they know I'm a Christian. And that was my plan. And yeah. And I thought it was amazing. And then God spoke to me that I'm an evangelist and I'm meant to equip the saints. So I was like, Oh, okay. So I, I am now, I actually still have my judo chop karate <laughs> motherhood content people are so confused i just talk about motherhood content on tiktok right and but and it's more um covert there and then on instagram i'm over because i'm really trying to reach christians to empower them to use their voice to share the gospel and like give them a little kick in the pants so i think like it's not even about like I, this like guilty. It's like having the heavenly strategy. And for Tiffany, she's meant to help people create a space that is going to attract unsafe people. And that's her mission. It's not better or worse. It's just the strategy from heaven. And so I think thinking to Christians, like, are you meant to empower or reach other believers to empower them in their calling, or are you meant to have more of a covert mission where you can use your business as the open door or the hook to bring people in and then you can, you know, share your faith. And I think both have a role and both are important. Hmm. I'm reminded of this idea of the secular sacred divide. There is none. 
there is no secret, secular sacred divide. All things have been made from him, through him, and to him. And God is redeeming all things, even now. He's redeeming all things and making all things new. And so, I, gosh, I can't help but think of when I first wanted to go into the beauty industry and be a makeup artist and telling people as a teenager in my church and so many people in my church were telling me, no, that you don't want to go into that industry. That's an evil industry. And then think about the 25 years that God used me to sometimes be the only Christian on set or at a party or whatever it might be. And, um, and, and this time around, I will, I will say, as I started sharing about this project that we filmed in Cyprus, I did have a Christian friend of mine jump into my DMs and basically say, you know, hey, both of these accounts that you worked with, they support abortion. Did you know that? And I was like, like, I didn't do my homework, you know, before I said yes to this project. But also it's like, I, I, I thought of back then when God was calling me into something, into a, a, a culture, if you will, community, that other people are like, whoa, scary, stay away. And isn't this a joyous thing that a, a, a Christian who loves Jesus and the word, and they gave me the freedom to share about Jesus and the word, even biblical cosmology. I got to geek out a little bit with them. <laughs> I'm like, wait, isn't this a good thing? You know, and I'm reminded of I'm reminded of this, um, speaking at the beginning, of God is a God who hovers. He He relaxes. He becomes soft. He He lingers with us. And He we see that in the beginning, that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And Jesus did that too. He hovered. He became soft. He asked questions and told stories and, and listened to stories. And I'm reminded of something Andy Crouch said or quoted. He said, if we don't hover before we act, we'll exploit hover like what Tiffany what you're doing what you're modeling you're you're hovering over a table with these women and hearing them and you're not afraid of them you're not afraid of their ideology you're not afraid of their tarot cards but you know that you can bring that that soothing healing balm that shalom into their world and into their heart and one more quick story I was on a, a photo shoot on when I lived back in New York again the only Christian on set following my passion that God put in my heart. I love beauty, love makeup. And on set, one of the, the hairstylists said, oh, I've been having these nightmares every night and I don't know why. And you know, this and that, and something just came up in my spirit. And I, I asked her, what do you have under your bed? That's not really a question that I would normally ask. Turns out she had tarot cards under her bed. And so then I'm like, get rid of those, burn those. And I just shared with her. And it wasn't, I wasn't preaching, but I was giving her advice because she wanted advice how to get rid of these dreams. So she DM'd me and she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. And your prayer worked and I got rid of them. So lo and behold, years later, I'm on set of another photo shoot and another person was saying they can't fall asleep. And so right away I knew, I'm like, do you have tarot cards under your bed? And she was shocked. <laughs> and I told her, get rid of them, burn them. You don't need them. And she was delivered from, from the, the nightmares, but I didn't come in like preaching and dropping the J-bomb like what Melissa that she said, but how Paul did in Athens, he reasoned with them, he talked with them, he listened, and Jesus did that too. So why aren't we doing more of that, you know? This morning, I was uh, taking the kiddos to school, and we tuned into Superbook, and it was literally in regard to this exact thing, Jess. It was Paul in Athens, and the, the kids, if you've never watched Superbook, it's an amazing way of demonstrating through cartoon what 
kiddos are walking through right now. And then it's literally will teleport them um, via Superbook, which is the Bible, back to the Bible moment where they then can watch it be walked out biblically. And then they get put back into their scenario where maybe they're lying to a parent or they're not being kind to a friend or this particular scenario was he was in love with, almost falsely idolizing this scientist and his ability to do all these incredible things. And the scientists witnessed him praying before he did this action he was supposed to do and basically told him, if there is no scientific fact, there is no proof and therefore there is no God. And he sat there and he thought, well, goodness. And he said, you should probably talk to your dad about that. And his dad was also a scientist. And um, ultimately, it teleported them back into this moment where Paul is facing all of the people in Athens and he's witnessing all of the false gods. And he says these three amazing things. In response to this scientist, he says, yeah, but there are no facts about, Jess will love this, what is beautiful and what is not. There are no facts about what is right and what is wrong. And there are no facts about the past actually being proof that it's the past. So I don't understand why you don't believe that there is a God. And I paused it in that moment and like tears started welling up inside of me. And I'm like, did you guys hear that? And ultimately, he was being teleported to learn how to defend his faith with Paul. But I realized even before they learned the lesson, because we didn't get to watch the whole show before I picked them up, we'll watch the rest when I get them. Um, I wanted them to know in that moment, he was already a defender of his faith. And he was already teaching an adult something about um, ultimately divination and what they believed in science and all of the things that we're confronted with on a daily basis. But it went back to his intimacy. And the one thing that he said was, yeah, but you can't tell me that God doesn't exist because I've experienced him. And that is from a kid's perspective to an adult's perspective. And so to know everything that we're talking about, it's ultimately about experience. Like when we have intimacy and relationship, it's because we're experiencing that. So we come and we dwell at a table. We come and we go to different parts of the, the country and different experiences with different nations and different people. Ultimately, if we are creating a safe space because of where our trust lies, because of the trust fall that we have, because of the experience we had, we don't have to be worried. Of course not. We don't have to carry that fear of man into these situations because we know that that we know that we know. And that is the comfort in which we reside. And then there's that invitation where people are like, wow, you're, you weren't concerned to do that? Whoa, you didn't worry over this thing? Aren't you scared, Jess, that they're going to manipulate what you said? And yeah, you could be scared, but it's going to go right back to fear of man versus trusting the God that called you into that place versus Tiffany saying, yeah, I'm going to open the doors to everyone who feels left out and lost. And to watch what happens, you're saying, it right here, Tiff. People are coming to your house and saying, I want more. Because once they taste, they will see and there they want to be fed because people are starving. They're so hungry for truth. And all these lies, all of these other operations, all these tarot cards, all of these things, they're not giving fruit. They're literally giving a momentary satisfaction that leads them into this false intimacy and they're still void. And so I think about that in all of the things that we each do and faith founded, all faith founded, but the way in which we carry fruit is so wildly different. Kristen, and we were talking before we jumped on the call about like 
hiring and management and systems, which is very different than the conversation we're having now. And they were like, we should have recorded that. I said, we would have taken our, our whole community on a right turn. They would have been like, what's happening? But I do think that there's wild value as all of us are entrepreneurs for us to have a conversation about this, Kristen, when we're hiring and when we're building teams and when we're inviting in new clients is if they're not on the same page as us and they're not sharing our faith, how do we navigate that? And what does that look like for you? Because you've got a huge team. Mm, you know, I was, so I'm an observer and I'm a reflector, which was part of what our, our conversation was earlier is, is I love to just sit back and absorb what's being said to hear you guys. And I was, I was just making notes and also thinking about our conversation about hiring. And, and one of the things that I've always, um, been trained by mentors to do is seek first to understand. And so often we get ourselves in these situations where we want to be right, or we want to be heard and we don't listen and we don't ask questions. And Jess was talking about, you know, um, question how Jesus asked questions and told stories and things like that. And one of the things that Jess said in the very beginning was, I started trying to think about, am, am I ready for this? Am I who I need to? And then I stopped myself and, and God told me like, you were made for a time like this. It's not who you're going to be. It's who you are now. This is the person that needs to do this job and this work. And so I think us just showing up authentically, like whoever we are, maybe we still have lots to learn, but that's okay because somebody needs to hear from us from where we are now. Um, and when we show up that way as leaders, that attracts people and it creates this magnetic culture of our businesses that that we don't even have to go seek to find people. They will want to be a part of us. But there's this, this idea in the world that we have to separate ourselves from um, people who are not like us when really if we could shift that script to like, let's seek to understand um, I always joke, this will sound silly, but this is just my life. I always joke that I was raised by uh, conservative Christians and liberal hippies. Like I literally, my dad's side of the family is completely opposite than my mother's side of the family. And so I got to be the one who got to experience and bridge the gap of the two families and the two mindsets. Everything political, everything religious was completely opposite. And it was a really wild place to grow up, to be the neutral who, and so I learned from a young age, like you always seek to understand. And what I've found in this life, whether it's hiring um, whatever it is that I'm working on is in order to move the ball forward, collaboration, you have to move with people. You can't, you can't grow big and make big impact alone, which means that you have to uh, respect the ideas and seek to understand people. And most of the time, I have the best conversations when I place myself in a room with somebody who completely sees something totally differently than the way I think I see it. And when I ask questions, and I want to really hit on asking questions because we've talked about intimacy and we've talked about like people's need to be a, a part of a community and to belong to something. And, and I, I find that a lot of my people that work with me on my team are like, well, how do we do that? Like, we're not comfortable just putting ourselves out there in these new environments. And the simplest way that you can connect with people 
is just learn to ask questions. Just show up in this space and just ask questions about what they're wearing, what they know, where they came from, like, and continue to, the more questions you ask, the deeper the relationship goes and the more the connection happens. And so practicing and getting really good at asking questions connects people. But most often what we're not realizing is that the limitations are on us. And when we place ourselves in a room of people who think completely differently than us, and we seek to understand and we ask questions, what we find is the reason we believe what we believe is we have a, we had a different set of, set of data, a different experience, a different um, information feed coming to us. But when we seek to understand and we and we seek to listen and and just open up those conversations, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh. I would have stood for that too, had I known that about that thing. And all of a sudden we become humanity. And I was chatting with my brother the other day and I'll kind of wrap it up with this. And he's like, oh, I would hate to raise kids in this world, the direction that we're going. And I'm like, you know what? I see that differently. And he said, why is that? And I said, I see people who are yearning for connection and are wanting more than ever. They're so sick of being divided. They want to come together. They want to understand each other. They want to build relationships. And I think we're all going to rise as flowery rainbow children that say, you know what? I'm sick of hating on people. I want to come together. I want to love each other and I want to seek to understand each other. And so I just think if we can look in that direction. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of optimism in that, in that statement, but I see it. I see people rising up to say, I'm going to be the one who goes and has a conversation with that person and learns that they're not bad. And that what the media says is not true. And that we can come together for the good of the world and have conversations that move the economy and the world and, and all of these things forward. It all just starts with questions and seeking to understand. Can I jump quick thing from my morning devotion this time? I'm doing the Bible recap with Tara Lee Cobble, and we're in, um, I realized later in the day that I think I'm a day behind, but at the time I thought I was right on time, which was Genesis 30 and 31. And I was learning about Rebecca and Leah, who are the wives of Jacob and his father-in-law, Laban, Laban, I don't know how to say his name, Jess, correct me, do you know? Great. I'll go with Laban. Usually go with Laban. Great. Laban. Okay. I, that makes Honestly, this is a girl's podcast. It makes me think of labia. So I always say Laban. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, I got to be honest. Okay. <laughs> so I say Laban and now my cheeks are flushed because it just is what it is. But I am taking exactly what Kristen said. And, and I thought about this multiple times when you guys were sharing and I didn't think that there was going to be a place, but I have to end on this because I think when we get to the place of judging others, we have not been self-reflective or intimate with the father. Because when we are intimate with the Father first and we have authenticity with who we are and who we are in Him, then we're not looking in the lens of judgment. We're looking in the lens of empathy. And it's so much easier for us to ask questions. We relate almost immediately. So here I was reading, just reading because I had to check the box this morning. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she did that. I can't believe those sisters did that. I can't believe he did that. What? That father-in-law. And I was literally looking at it just like, I'm good. This is good. I'm great. Then I get on pedal and preach and I start talking about what I'm walking through relationally with my husband right now. And the Lord reminded me when I got off the bike, he said, you're not much different than Rachel. You're not much different than Leah. You're not much different than Jacob. And you're not much different than Laban. And I thought, holy moly, 
Here <laughs> is where judgment is taken away and ownership is raised. And when we can start owning where we are, then we're not judging where other people are. And there's no, there's no hierarchy in the kingdom. And so it was just this beautiful moment. I say it was a kick in the pants. And my girl, Liz, was like, no, 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 no. He just tapped you on the shoulder. I was like, eh, no, it was a little harder than the tap on a shoulder. It actually hurt a little bit. And that correction is so loving because it was gentle, but it called me higher almost instantaneously into that place of realizing, wow, all of these things are ultimately rooted in self-preservation. And that's where humanity is, guys. That's every single person you can, I don't care who you name. If you look to them through the lens that they're just self-preserving, they're just trying to protect. They're just trying to stay safe. They're just trying to find love. And maybe that love is with the wrong person or the wrong gender or in the wrong place or through the false idol or the tarot cards or I don't care. It's all self-preservation. And we can release that and open our heads and our hearts and our minds to Jesus, who is our preservation. He is who we should be reserving our love and attention for. And that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to rightfully position himself in the forefront of all of our minds. So when we activate, we're activating through that lens of compassion because that's who he is and that's how we're made. So I'm grateful that we got to like circle that in there. It really wasn't intended until she said that last thing. And I was like, gosh, we can't be intimate with other people until we're intimate with Christ and we're intimate with ourselves and we own that. So I don't know who wants to close us out on that, but... Thank you for letting me share. Wow. Beautiful. Can we close in prayer? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Lord God, we love you and honor you and delight in you. Our delight is found in you, God. And I thank you that we can delight in you in community. I thank you for my sisters and I thank you for the women listening uh, Lord, I thank you for everyone around this table. And and even as I say that and pray that, I see us all pulling up another chair for another sister, inviting them to the table too. And that is so your heart, God. And you are being our master mentor, Jesus. We want to live like you. We want to love like you. We want to uh, learn like you and lead like you. And I'm reminded that you said, uh, God, Father, I have glorified you on earth by doing the work that you called me to do. And that work was loving people well. That work included storytelling. That work included asking questions. That work included holding space and venturing into neighborhoods that others deem dangerous. Lord, I, I thank you, God, that we are willing to risk for you, that we're willing to, and this is a big one for me, willing to risk my reputation. We just give it to you. We lay it all down and we step into deeper freedom with you. And from that place of freedom, we can step into deeper love, embracing your love and then sharing it with the world. And so we just praise you and thank you for what you're doing in each of our lives. We say yes and amen. We say, here I am, Lord, send me. I just honor you and love you. May your name be glorified in the way we live, in the way we love, in the way we work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Amen. So good, you guys. Love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in and drop us in the chat. Like, what is the thing that really met you most during this episode? Leave a review or tag us on social. We truly are um, desiring community with you and not just communion with our little cohort here. Uh, (laughs) So we're excited to meet you and excited to see what those takeaways are. We know that Jesus is speaking divinely at this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we want to see the message go out. So we love you. Thanks for tuning in. Follow the show and just do your thing. Wild out.